Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 261 for July 16th, 2018. Today's guest is the vegan drag queen, Honey LeBronx, one of my best friends. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 13 years. Subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right sidebar of the podcast post you might be listening to right now. You can just search for Mikey Pod in pretty much any thing, any podcatcher, any directory, search for Mikey Pod. You'll find me there. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron. Leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753. Assuming that number still works, no one has ever used it. Let me know if you try and uh, email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. Yay. How are we doing? I feel like I'm being really loud. Nope. Everything's good. I thought I might be uh, over modulating a little, but everything's just fine. This podcast is 13 years old. What? I missed, I should have, whatever. Should have, could have, would have. I did a, uh, uh, the first podcast was recorded on Jan- July 4th, 2005. And uh, I was at M- Miller Outdoor Theater in Houston, Texas. That was a totally different time. Like, it's so weird to think about it. And all those podcasts are still up on the website. It's, I was an entirely different person then. Uh, it's really a trip to think about how all the different changes in my life that have been documented on this podcast and the hundreds of people that I've interviewed on this podcast. Uh, 13 years, that's crazy. Anyway, yay, I'm excited. <laughs> Woo! Uh, my book and album are released. Oh, I guess I should throw in a, an apology. Not really. I told you I was going to take a break. I'm back. Um, I was working on the book and the album and getting ready for my album release show. Uh, if this is your first time listening, I'm a uh, performance artist. I use electronics and video and storytelling and string quartets and uh, a lot of shit <laughs> thrown together to make these pretty cool shows. I have to admit, why am I talking like this? Uh, I feel really animated. Uh, so I made a book and an album based on my most recent show, The Animal Show. I'm really, 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 really proud of this work. Um, if you're listening and you've been following for a while or you haven't been following for a while and you're interested about... I, I just found the perfect way for me to combine um, my advocacy for animals and, and asking people to regard animals as individuals who are deserving of... Um, respect and kindness and compassion. Um, I did it. <laughs> I just feel so proud. So I have an album called The Animal Album and a book called The Animal Book um, based on my show, The Animal Show. And um, I'm, I'm really proud of this stuff. I would love for you to check it out. The album you can find anywhere, just like the, this podcast. It's, you can, it's streaming any of the places. If there's a, just look for Michael Heron. Um, and the animal album and give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Leave reviews with the book as well. And if you want a hard copy of the book, you can uh, go to shop.michaelherron.com and listen, I just did a whole thing about this. And if you saw that on Instagram, I apologize, but you're about to hear it again. People like me, (laughs) little old me, independent creator, right? It matters so much for you to say, oh, I heard your song. I loved it. Or you don't even have to say you loved it. If you hated it, you could still send a message like, I just want to let you know I listened to your song on Spotify. It would mean so much. So for me or for anybody in your life that is creating and releasing things, help them by telling them you see 
it means so much. I had a couple of days last week after the book was released. I had a little push of sales. And this is me. This is just me doing this stuff. So I don't... Let me visualize for a moment hundreds of thousands of book sales. That would be amazing. Right now, that's not happening. But I sold some. I sold, you know, a good 30 books right when I, you know, did a pre-sale thing. And then it was crickets for a while. And it's real easy to get into, like, self-doubt and, oh, I'm wasting my time. And, oh, God, I spent all this money to make this. And now no one even cares, blah, blah, blah. Like, just a teensy little, hey, I looked at your book. Oh, I'm going to buy your book. You don't even know how much difference that makes. So if not for my output, find someone else who, a little sad artist friend <laughs> who can use your support. And it's just the smallest little things, just like a, I see that thing you're doing. It really, really, really matters. So there's that. I did an album release show at Judson Memorial Church, which is like my creative home in a lot of ways in New York City. Um, it was a beautiful night. I had some tech issues that fucked up really bad and I was I had to cut maybe four songs that I was going to do because I do a lot of electronic music. Luckily, I had a string quartet there and my friend Robert was playing guitar and my friend Kirsten and Lauren Mall was there and Lauren directed the, my video. Um, it was a beautiful night. It turned really, really lovely. Um, yeah, and it was great. And if you heard the last episode, you know I also performed at the Knitting Factory for uh, the first ever Animal Rights Music Festival here in New York City. It was a really, really great night. It was so much fun performing on the stage. And by then, my Ableton Live setup decided like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll do it tonight. Why not? I still don't know what happened the night of the album release show, but it worked great at the Knitting Factory, and it was so much fun to perform there. All right, I already feel like I'm going on too much. Let me throw a couple of other things at you. 48-hour film project. I worked on a film um, from from concept to production, was finished in 48 hours. I wrote music for it. It's called 40th. It's breathtaking. It's my, I'm so proud of that film. Look for it. Um, it'll be posted. I'll put a link on the MikeyPod.com podcast site for this. Um, I'm working on, I'll tell you about that later. And let's get on to things. Today's guest is Honey LeBronx. And, uh, oh, wait, I left out a thing. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. Like early access to podcasts. I do a, each time I release a podcast, there's a bonus podcast. Uh, it's usually an extended interview with that week's guest that only patrons get to hear. Um, patrons got early access to the book. Patrons' names are listed in the hard copy of the book and all the digital copies on iBooks and everything else. Patrons are like, yes. <laughs> I have about 140 of you, and it's really the next way that people are going to be able to create art. So if you want to get in on that, you can do it for as little as two bucks a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Uh, da, 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 da. That's it. Let's go on to I Want to Play This Song. Ray Spoon has been a guest on the show before. They are a non-binary artist. And this song, ah, it's uh, Ray's latest single called Do Whatever the Heck You Want. You need to watch the video for this. You need to dance and listen to these words. I love it. Wow. I'm sorry I'm so um, hyper. Let's get on to things. Here's Ray Spoon. Do whatever the heck you want. Should I be a man or a woman? What does that really mean? Should I be outside of it or something? 
This is Honey LeBronx, the vegan drag queen, but I'm currently out of drag, so you can call me Ben. Ben Strothman. Uh, hi, Ben. Hi, ben girl. is my friend, and she is so fabulous. Thank you. Um, I am trying to not talk directly at you because I'm concerned that you can, that my breath is a little overwhelming right now. It's not. It's not I'm just waking up from a nap. It's not a little overwhelming. Oh, well, that's good news. Let's talk about your drag show. Let's talk yes. about. So. The theme of the podcast in the last, I guess, year or so has been artists who use their work to change the world. Yeah. Generally for animals, but I've been talking to all different kinds of activist artists. Um, What's a quick rundown of what you do? Well, God, is it, how do I answer that? It's like, what do I do all encompassing or what am I doing like lately? I kind of want to go with lately, but... Yeah, let me give a rundown of who you are. Honey LeBronx is a vegan drag queen. She has a cooking show on YouTube. Mm -hmm. She has a live show. Mm -hmm. She's been traveling with her show, which is Mm new-ish, right? Mm -hmm. You would call that new still, yeah? Uh, Yeah, I mean, not my material, but (laughs) the show... Girl, you would still be very disappointed if you came to see the show. You're like, I just don't need to come out one more time to see that number. You're the one friend that will tell me, you're like, I came to your show three times. I've been supportive. I don't need to see you do And I Am Telling You one more time. I actually forgot that you do that song. That's the great thing about me coming to your show because I don't have a very good memory. Well, then come on back. Girl, there was a time where you had to round people up to be like, we should go and see these two queens and support them. When I had a weekly drag show with Ms. Cracker of mm. RuPaul's... I can't believe you're not watching season 10. I did watch season one of... Uh, episode that one was, of season 10. Did you? Yes. Okay. Cracker is 
filling it. All right. She's so good. Um, yeah, but she's I, not vegan, so we're not going to talk about her. Yeah, well, this isn't a vegan show, although it well, always Well, anyway, is. this is a good segue to what I do, because meanwhile, my drag mom... What? <laughs> I just love that this was, like this is a, one of our conversations, like, all over the place. It's this just funny to think of it gonna, as a podcast. This is not going to not be a very Ben and Michael conversation. This is going to be all over the place. I'm going to give you stuff that you have to bleep. I won't do that. That's a no, lot of extra I work. I bad words. Do you really? Yeah. I don't on my podcast because oh. we... That's another thing. I've got my podcast, Big Fat Vegan Radio. Um, yes, my cooking show you can find at, <clears throat> at um, Vegan Drag Queen. Uh, and I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting. Aside from drag, um, I'm a, I'm a first-time playwright. I... Oh, you know, it's funny. I was at Judson Memorial the other day seeing you do uh, your, what do you call it? That was your book launch? Yeah, it was a book and album release show. A book and album release show. Um, you will have a specific show. You're like, well, this isn't, you know, this is like a book and album release show. This isn't just a concert. Um, well, then what? That's what people do. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's cool. I think, I mean, like, everyone else is like, like, I have a recital today. You're like, no, this is not... I, I should just start calling it your recital. I went to your recital. It's your program. <laughs> your program. <laughs> program. Anyway, um, it was one of these moments where I'm like sitting there at Judson Memorial and you were singing, you are a sea of goodness. You are a sea of love. And you did the thing that I'm like, no, don't do that. No, don't make us sing along. But then I did and we did. I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, this is what we need to be doing right now. And like people are clapping. And like, I hate to clap along rhythmically. Uh I hate singing along. But the fact that like I didn't hate doing it in that moment. And I'm just like looking at you on stage. And I'm just like, I got to move. Like I moved to New York one day and people like this became my friends. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like a really cool feeling. And it was interesting being back at Judson Memorial because um, I remember I was very iffy on whether or not I was going to say I would be at your thing because it was a night before mine. Mm-hmm. But there was something so great about like, here I am back at Judson. This is where it started because I saw Michael do tentative armor in its first reading yeah um or did i see its first reading in your apartment when you were like i need to perform this story in front of a person to see how it feels Remember? and it was you and daniel right that yeah, i read daniel, that was did right. i tell you the man horse story that night yeah and i was I'm just so like oh my god this is this is bold and as you if you know from seeing my show like my show is nothing but that kind of sensitive material and so, like, going back to that night when you told that story, I'm like, he's going to tell this story? And it kind of gave me a nudge where I'm like, Ben, if he can tell this story, you can tell your stories. And um, and being at Judson where I saw you do that, and I was like, oh, my God, I want... And then after the show, I was like, Michael, I need you to walk me over to Micah and make me talk to Micah and tell him I want to do this. And then when you told the story of Ken Kidd, basically it was the same story that you that yeah. Ken walked you over. So it was just so full circle is what I'm trying to yeah. say, being there. I feel like we should backtrack because we're all over the place and people who don't know already know who you are yeah, yeah. might not know what the hell we're talking about. Right. So what Ben is like I am in that mm-hmm. like there's a million different projects happening. Yeah. A million different projects happening. I feel like I said that in a really pretentious voice. No. Didn't How about that. now? Not, not. So anyway, um, so we're talking about Ben's solo show now, which is mm-hmm. separate from Honey, Honey LeBronx. Mm-hmm. 
Um, completely. It's me yeah. out of drag. Uh, it's me out of drag. Uh, not no singing, no tap dance. It's it's just me doing a play. It is a gay coming of age play, and I hate the way that that sounds. It's about me growing up gay in Wisconsin and discovering boys and masturbation and m moving to New York and uh, my demons and getting sober and then getting what I've learned from all of that. And if someone gave me that description of a show, I'd be like, great, sounds like a snooze fest or sounds really self-indulgent. But I think it's a really good show. Um uh, so yeah, there's that. I feel like I should stop it. Yeah, well, I have a question about it because I yeah. kind of like to talk about process and like yeah. that kind of self-doubt shit because I deal with mm -hmm. it so much. Like what, do you have those moments when you're working on a show that you've written about yourself and you're starring in that, well, you mentioned it, that you feel self-indulgent, or you worry that it looks self-indulgent. Mm. Does that come up a lot? Girl, have I not told you? The show that you came to on Friday... Like, I hated. I have only done that show twice. Judson and Dixon. I feel like I'm, like, I'm not single white female in you. But sometimes oh. I will so directly follow in your footsteps, like... But that's, like, well, the whole point, right? Like, oh, my God, girl, Dixon Place, just fill out application. You can do your show there. Is that... Did you tell me to, or did I get the idea? I don't know how I got it, but, yeah. but I remember it was in conversation with you that it became possible, but... I did my, I've only done my play, which is called Coming Clean. Um, I've only done it at Judson Memorial, where basically they had to stop people from coming in because they're like, we can legally only have 85 people in here and we've already exceeded that. And then at Dixon Place, where, where they're like, oh, you can't have the main stage because there's no way you'll sell 100 tickets to a solo show. And I'm like, watch me. I sold like 110. I've only done that show in front of a completely oversold audience before. And going back and watching the video of it, the laughter, I mean, I have to stop and wait for people to stop laughing. <laughs> wait, I don't know why. The laughter, people. It was However, over there. However, on Friday at the Crane Theater, with only like 30 people there who are all very spread out, it mm -hmm. did not feel how it has felt before. Yeah. And I already went into this knowing like, okay, Ben, this is going to feel different. Let, let go of any attachment to this having to go a certain way. But like there's parts in the show where I'm like, I don't know what to do if you don't laugh at blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, yeah. if you don't laugh at this part, then I don't know what I'm doing up here. And there's a lot of moments where I feel like people didn't laugh. And I had, but everyone told me they were like, we were a thousand percent with you on that journey. And they're like, if we weren't laughing, it's because like our jaw dropped or we were covering our mouth. Like we were like, oh my God. But it was a really weird feeling doing that show. And I was tired. I was exhausted. I, I was overwhelmed. There's so much else going on in my life while opening this play. And so, um, the, the nature of my show is it deals with some really dark subject matter. So if I don't keep it light and comical, it would it gets very heavy and self-indulgent very quickly. And I feel like that's what happened on Friday. So you ask about my process and do I ever get in my head about, yes, I came home and like just crawled in bed and was like, okay, I'm 
per, I'm doing the show here. I'm doing it in Iceland this summer. And I was like, then that's it. Then that's it. I'm retiring the show. I'm like done. I, I knew I shouldn't do this show. I was like a, really upset with myself. Um, and I, and you know what, this is just me at the beginning of another new learning experience. Like, uh, you know, I feel like I've gotten to a point in my drag where you can throw me in front of any kind of audience and I'll find my way and I'll yeah. know where I am with them. But this was just, was just such a new experience that like I didn't know what to make of it. And so, of course, I'm going to conclude that, well, something must be wrong with me or I maybe I suck or maybe the show sucks. I get that people enjoyed it, but it's also really interesting how like my default context is is never going to be like yay i'm gonna let myself have this i'm gonna let myself celebrate that victory it's like no i probably suck and should never do this again mm -hmm. so i'm doing it again tomorrow night and i'm i can't wait to do it tomorrow i'm interested to see how tomorrow is gonna go um because i will have had all this time to you know yeah is it gonna be a similar similarly light crowd or do you know yet i i have a feeling tomorrow is the night that i'll have more people um, I, I would say I will probably have about 40 people tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to pack the place. But, you know, promoting a show is the hardest part. Making yeah. art, the hardest thing I find is not getting an idea, developing it, having I not even like the technical training at what we do. I, promoting... A show takes so much time. I probably spent about eight hours a day or more for 12 or 14 days in a row straight, only working on promoting my show. Mm -hmm. It's 80 minutes of dialogue. It's me talking for 80 minutes. And I was like, well, I guess tomorrow I'll, I'll memorize it because I don't have time to right now. And then tomorrow never came. And then it's like, let's go on stage and do the show. Hope I remember everything. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of work to get an audience there. And I, th I apparently that's always the trade-off. It's like I can have a really well-attended show that kind of sucks. Or I can have a perfect show that two people come to. Uh -huh. I would rather have, you know, the okay show that is, that is well-attended. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why I, I just don't have the availability right now to freak out about making sure it's a packed house tomorrow. It's yeah. just the people that come are the people that come. Um, let's talk about Honey because that's what like a really interesting thing that you're doing with yeah. Miss Honey LeBronx. Miss Honey LeBronx. What? What? Why he's walking away? Just, I don't know what's just happening. Trying to keep an eye on my Uber. Um, food will arrive at my door in 20 minutes. Great. Yes, we'll talk for another 10. We'll do a bonus episode. I didn't tell you we're doing that too. Oh no! Wonderful. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So you know. Oh, uh, um, so wait. Let me yeah. ask you the question. Um, <laughs> Well, that was, I'm an aggressive interviewer. I have to be with Miss Honey LeBronx. That's just how it is. Oh, um, what are you doing? Like how you've combined your activism and your advocacy for animals with being a drag queen. Tell me what that is. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've definitely combined them before. In fact, they were sort of born together. I went vegan one month after I became. Do you want me to hold that while I'm talking? No, The way you're fine. holding it, it looks like you're like, is, when is he going to take this microphone? I'm just trying to hold it in a light. I'm holding it lightly. Okay. So make a lot of, don't get too well, I became a drag queen girl. a month. Okay. I became a drag queen a month after, uh, a month after, um, no, a month before I went vegan, 
so I had been vegetarian for five months, then became a drag queen, then a month later became vegan. So being a drag queen was so new in my life and being vegan was so new in my life that these two new things I was like always, always, always thinking about. And so I kind of just naturally started getting the idea like, oh my God, I can make this like my thing, like be the vegan drag queen and make cooking videos and everything. So um, that's sort of like the first way that I paired activism with my drag is, um, you know, making cooking videos on YouTube, uh, showing up at events and stuff, giving little impromptu speeches and talking about stuff. Um, but I'm kind of realizing last year I was like, I want drag to be a career, not a hobby. And I didn't know how I was going to manifest that. I just knew that like what I see everyone else doing, having regular weekly gigs in bars didn't call to me. And I don't know why it doesn't call to me, but it just does not look to me like the thing that I want to do. Um, I love going to bars to see drag shows. I don't want my own weekly show to bar. And um, I, you know, YouTube messed up the monetization now. I'm not monetized anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I finally realized, and it's like, I, that's just not what I want to throw my everything into is making my living as a YouTuber. But, um, it's funny how just from like listening to the universe and like asking God for guidance and then it shows up in the form of like a friend you're having dinner with and they say something that is so like that is what I needed to hear. And a friend was talking about doing um, fundraiser shows as a uh, jo Joshua Lance Dixon, if you know John. Oh, yeah. Yes. He was talking about his his cabaret and he's like, well, my most he said something about my most successful shows have been my 50-50 shows. And I'm like, what's a 50-50 show? He's like, you know, you do a fundraiser, 50% of the money goes to you, 50% goes to the charity. That way they're helping get an audience there, you're doing a well-attended show, and you make a good amount of money and you raise it for charity. I remember just thinking like, that is the missing piece. That I could do. Um, and then I had an opportunity to try doing that once. There was a veg fest that wanted to hire me, but like didn't want me in drag. Oh, yeah. It was this thing. And so I decided, I'm like, well, then why don't I just, you know, it, I, it was started as like a cheeky sort of like, I'll show them up. I'll do an after party after their veg fest. And I'm going to raise a thousand dollars for them and just kind of throw this money at them and say, here you go. Here's the drag, you know, this with love from the drag queen you didn't want. And I'm like, why would I give them that money if I raised a thousand bucks? Why wouldn't I give it to like a sanctuary? And so there's two sanctuaries in, in Wisconsin that I've always wanted to do a fundraiser for. And I did, I remember in talking about process as an, as an artist, you know, I mean, I kind of joke about how I don't have a lot of material and I thought there's, you know, Bob the drag queen is my drag mom. Bob won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. I've been going for years to see Bob and seeing him on stage, part of the best thing about seeing him is hecklers or people that get drunk or people who try to throw him off his game because you can't. You can't throw him off his game. He's so quick. He'll take anything that's going on in the audience and he'll just make it his and reclaim the power and keep things entertaining. Um, and I, again, my default context is always, I can't, I can't, I can't. If I see you doing some one-man show, I assume I could never do that. If I see Bob on stage being spontaneous, I assume I could never do that. And, um... So I'm getting ready for this show. It was in Madison, Wisconsin. I remember somehow I remembered formulaically. I'm like, I scient 
typically need 20 minutes of extra material. So I tried forcing this one number that just wasn't working and blah. And then at the end, I'm like, I don't have new material. I have nothing new. Let's just go and do this thing. And I didn't even end up using all of my numbers. And I didn't have to because I spent so long in between numbers just standing on stage bullshitting with the audience, just riffing, joking, whatever. And I thought, how do I fill an hour? I've, I've always thought I could never fill an hour on stage just me alone as a drag queen. I could not do it. I get off stage and realize I just did 90 minutes. Mm. And... When I realized that, that's when I was like, well, I don't care what you believe, Ben. You now know that you can go out on stage and you can hold an audience's attention for 90 minutes. So starting, the, you know, I did, so I did three of those shows last year, but starting January of this year, like January 5th, like right off the bat, um, I uh, was in Wisconsin and I thought, well, what if I just rented a car and went to... Milwaukee, Madison, Chicago, Michigan, Minneapolis. Um, and I did five shows in 10 days thinking that that was a lot. And I made a good amount of money. Like that number that I have in my head that, oh, wouldn't it be great if one day I could make this much money per month? I made that much money. And I also raised that much money for various um, animal rescues. And, you know, and making the money I making a month worth of income in 10 days and, and doing it while seeing the country and going to the herbivorous butcher in Minneapolis and seeing friends I never get to see all around all around the Midwest. Um, it was so satisfying. And that's when I realized I'm like, I think this is just what I do now. And uh, my mom was like, you're you're pushing it, you're taking on too much. And I'm like, well, what's too much? How do you know it's too much? How will I know it's too much? What will happen? And now I'm kind of in that inquiry of like, how much can I do before the the hu me, the human, can't handle it? Um, and I have found I can do four or five cities, four or five shows back to back, and then two days off. Um, so I'm getting ready to go out to LA and I'm trying to line up a few shows out there. Um, and then, uh, I'll be coming back to New York and I want to line up another tour through like Pennsylvania, New York state. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, so far I can get some quick statistics. I've done, I think 36 shows so far mm -hmm. this year. And I've raised seventeen thousand over seventeen thousand dollars for for animals for like about forty or so different organizations. Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's really doing it. I feel like I could say so much more about it than that, but that's kind yeah, of yeah. That's really that like gives the nutshell, and it's really like a good testament to the idea of following what the universe lays out for you. It just it feels like what I'm meant to do. There is still this part of me that was drawn to musical theater because I feel like that's what I wanted to do. And there's part of me that's like, well, why am I not doing that? But at the end of the day, like musical theater doesn't honor what you feel you want to express in your heart. It's like, well, what's your look and what's your gender? Mm 
oh, you're a tall guy, mm -hmm. so here is what you get to express. And I was like, well, that's not what I want to express. I want to do this and this and this. And it's awesome that I can just, you know, there's sometimes where I'll hear like a song, the song, I think it's going to rain today, sung by Bette Midler from Beaches. And I was just like, I want to have my Bette Midler moment where I'm singing that on stage. And it's like, well, I can now. I could just put together a whole new show that's like Honey LeBronx, the live show where it's all me live singing. To be honest, I think about that. And it's just like, well, that would just be me getting away with not having to do as much work it would be easier to sit there and just sing mm -hmm. but what's really cool you know i always think if i no disrespect to like broadway actors but if i were a broadway actor let's say i got in the chorus of some show okay great eight times a week i can show up and then in this one scene when that person sings this line then i sing ooh 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 behind them and then I do my dance break and then I walk off stage and then I come back on. You know what I mean? Like I would, I don't think I'd be content for someone else to tell me, here's how you get to be utilized. You get to do this little compartmentalized thing within a bigger show and you're gonna do the same thing every single night if you're lucky for three years in a row. I just don't think that would satisfy me. I love that like every show is unique. Every show is different. Every audience is different. And, um, yeah, I think I can stop there. There was something more I wanted to say about it, but, uh, but, and at the same time, I don't have to pick or choose, like, am I a drag queen or am I an actor? Cause now I, I, I happen to have this play that I'm doing. And so I have the experience of me on stage as a character with all this hair and makeup. And then me just as me playing me on stage, it's, 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 raw and vulnerable as, as I could be. So I feel like I got my bases covered. Mm. I love it. I hate to end this, but we got to end this. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good place to stop. Yeah, where do uh, where do people find you? Uh, yeah, wherever there is injustice. I will, okay, okay, but she's it. Uh, no, uh, go to honeylebronx.com. I don't really have a benstrothman.com for my actor stuff. I got to work on that next. But honeylebronx, H-O-N-E-Y-L-A-B-R-O-N-X, Dot com. If you go there and click on connect, it's like the page with all of the links to all the different ways to connect with me. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, Ben. Thank you.
That's Kirsten Marilyn with She. You heard it on the last podcast. I think I played that on the last podcast. She was the guest last, well, usually I say last week. There was a break. She was the guest on the last podcast. I just said last podcast like 15 times in a row. Sorry. Uh, We did that show at the album release show. We did that song at the album release show. Ah, that was a great moment. (laughs) Hope you were there. The string quartet, piano, Kirsten singing, and just some light percussion, like, come on, in Judson Church. That place is beautiful. Yeah, 
support her, support me, check out my book and album, The Animal Show, The Animal Album, The Animal Book. I'm looking at dates, looking at Denver, uh, Boston, Syracuse. Where else should I bring the show? Now that the book and the album are done, I'm kind of excited about getting to performing again, uh, which is surprising because I really was for quite some time like, ugh, I don't want to do this show anymore. I want to write some new bits for it, change it up a little bit and take it on the road. Yeah, so if you're listening and you want me to come to your town or city or um, village, let me know. I would really love to be invited somewhere. So uh, in the meantime, grab a copy of the book, grab a copy of the album. I also have a book and an album uh, for my first show, Tentative Armor. Support. Listen, it's a slow month for teaching. Buy some books. That'd be great. Uh, I'll see you next week. I don't have an... uh, I don't need to tell you that. I'll see you next week with a really great guest. It's going to be good. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you to Honey in the Bronx. Show notes, MikeyPod.com. And yeah, I got to end this thing. See you guys next time. Oh, yeah. And if you're a patron, look for the bonus podcast on Wednesday. It'll be up on Patreon. If you're not a patron yet, you can do it. Uh, Two bucks a month. Uh, To get the bonus podcast, you have to be five bucks a month. But come on, it's worth it. Lots of new stuff rolling out on Patreon. I have a whole new covers project I'm working on, finishing a new song and video. Oh, God. This month, I committed to finish it by the end of July. I have time. I have time. Everything's fine. Anyway, see you all the places. Goodbye.